When it comes to conversations around the dinner table, what do they sound like? Are we talking about the right issues? And if you're a libertarian, what shouldn't you be talking about? Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Cardio Miracle Studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Folks, if you are looking to improve your heart health, are you struggling with fatigue? Well, Cardio Miracle is your solution with special ingredients that increase nitric oxide that help improve circulation and function with added benefits like better sleep and energy. Cardio Miracle is the guaranteed solution for you. Try Cardio Miracle now. Visit CardioMiracle.com or make it even easier. Head to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash heart. Use code TBNS for 15% off your order. And by the way, I tell you, you have nothing to lose because quite literally there's a 100% money back guarantee. So go ahead, enjoy the Cardio Miracle difference today. One more time, BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash heart code TBNS. NS. All right. So let's talk about conversations that we have. Specifically, I know we just had the holidays here. So, and we are in holiday season. We just wrapped up Thanksgiving. Now we're heading to uh, the holidays, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, all that fun stuff. So when we're having conversations at the dinner table, what topics are actually discussed? What things should we be talking about? And then on the flip side, specifically to libertarians, what things should we not be speaking about? What things should we not be wasting our time on? And to discuss that today, it's a returning guest, good friend of the show, Jeremy Todd. Welcome back to The Brian Nichols Show. How you been, buddy? Hey, been doing well. Living the dream, brother. Living the dad life. How How is dad yeah. life? How How is the life of Jeremy Todd? It's been a little bit since you've been on the show. What's been going on? Yeah, um, dad life's been great. Uh, we are in our terrible twos, uh, which has been a, an opportunity for dad to grow, um, is, is how we would say it in the sales profession. <laughs> oh, this is an opportunity for growth, it's right? An opportunity, uh, that's right. Th- that's exactly what it's been, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, watching him grow into a person who will talk to you and tell you what he wants and have fun and smile. Uh, it's been, it's been, a, it's been great. Dad life, I know in my end, we're, we're just over eight months here and uh, it's wild. It's, it's the, the best yeah, thing. It's the most exhausting thing. Um, but truly the most rewarding thing, true. And I think yeah. I, I've said this a few times in the show. If you're ever finding yourself in life where you're looking for what is the, the purpose of life? Have a kid, right? Don't just have yeah. a kid to have a kid, but have a kid to experience why we are here. And it is not just to, you know, get our, our self vanity or to, to, you know, improve our lives the best it can be, which, you know, is important, but it is the next generation. It, it is the posterity, right? And, and that is where, as I became a dad, I, a lot of my values, I think, were reinforced and maybe a little bit of my tolerance that I would have for other values challenged. Um, which, mm-hmm. you know, today I think that actually turns into a good, uh, segue to our topic of conversation, Jeremy. And that yeah. is, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. We're, we're in the holiday season. Folks are, are having conversations at the dinner table with friends and family. And believe it or not, some of these conversations can get a little testy. Uh, I'm sure, uh, some of the, the folks in the audience had some testy conversations, which, uh, to that point, are we talking about the right things, right? And I wanted to focus on that today from a libertarian perspective because we have an opportunity 
I say at the holidays, to, to bring our ideas, bring our solutions, and I'm going to prioritize the solutions part, to a, 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 an audience, and I would say a, a, an ICP in this case, an ideal customer persona, or I said in the last episode, an ideal voter persona. Um, in this case, it, it truly your friends and family, right? You, you mm-hmm. have a direct relationship with these folks. So you can kind of bypass a lot of the other barriers that might be in place and have real kind of heart-to-heart conversations. So what should those look like? How should we frame these? And and then on the other side, what things should we avoid? What things should we not be doing? And that's not necessarily specific topics, right? But also uh, right. just just ways that we approach conversations. So Jeremy, I, I want to start things off. You know, I, I'm at the dinner table and mm-hmm. the, the three main things I heard come up time and again, and mind you, I, I did my part to try and sit back and not lead conversations, but rather kind of, you know, sit and listen and then add commentary or, you know, some, some thoughts here and there. But it came back to the economy and inflation, mm-hmm. the 2024 presidential election, people very curious about that. And then the mm-hmm. other thing that I thought was very interesting was also, uh, crime and public safety, right? Interesting. So, yeah. um, and by the way, with the inflation, the, the rising cost of living, um, the economy that include like job security, the health of the economy, all that fun stuff in, in that kind of bucket. But yeah, the 2024 election and then crime and public safety. I think the, the crime and public safety and, and just mind you for some context, my, my family that I went and visited up in the Northeast and yeah. in, in predominantly more blue. Well, they're in the suburbs of what would be more blue areas. So they're, they're more right. red leaning politically. Um, but they tend to live in more bluer areas or where red areas now becoming blue areas. So mm-hmm. with that, and, and, you know, just as we've seen in every single blue big city, it seems with more of these, you know, far left progressive leaning, uh, policies as it, as it comes to, to, you know, uh, crime. Then comes the increase in, in not just crime, but, you know, specifically violent crime. So yeah. that was, I think, one of the main things that was really bringing this to the top of the conversation. So that's what I saw as the things that were being brought up organically at conversations. How about you? Mm-hmm. What on your end? What were things that you saw people were actually talking about? Not things that we in the libertarian world think we should have been talking about or think we should have been leading the conversation towards. Are you tired of just managing through each day, constantly battling pain, anxiety, and sleepless nights? Well, it's time for a change. Experience the transformative power of Ebel's CBD. Say goodbye to survival mode and hello to thriving. Visit briannicholshow.com forward slash Ebel's, E-A-B-L-E-S, and use code TBNS for an exclusive 15% off your order. Your journey to wellness starts now. And now, back to the show. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, there's a, there's a lot of conversation around the economy, jobs, um, job security. I think is one um, this sort of feeling of a quiet recession yep. where um, it's happening, but we're not going to talk about it happening. I, but it's it, happening. Well, well, and, and like they're kind of fudging it with numbers, um, oh, yeah. but we all feel it. I, I think that was a that was a really huge part. Um, the GDP cry, rate, cry, by the way, did you see the GDP numbers? They went up 3.8% for, for Q3, which, by the way, doesn't preface right. that everybody's preparing for <clears> Q4 <throat> when prices are going to continue to increase. So yes. normally you see GDP increase and you're like, that's awesome. But there's context behind it. And to your point, they're fudging it to make it so it, it kind of fits a, a rosy economic prospects, which behind the scenes, it's really not. Exactly. And uh, and then, you know, general mockery of presidential candidates yep. and politics in general. Um which is more of 
one of the battles that I believe that we have to face is to get people. Uh, we we tend to be very serious about our politics because we understand the implications of it. But a lot of people have just either gone numb to it, <clears throat> or they've uh, used sort of sarcasm about it and uh, as as a coping mechanism. Almost like cynicism at this like, point. The sarcasm yeah, is turned yeah, into cynicism. Yeah, just like yeah, and that's leading to almost a complete apathy. Yes. Yeah. And so it's getting people to care, uh, again, about these things that happen. Um, and then, uh, of course, the final one, which, uh, I, I think is, is not going anywhere so long as the, the, it, it, it continues to be an issue is in immigration. Um, Ooh, yeah. And what, how that plays into things. So talk, talk, talk more about one the immigration. Of the top, what, what did you hear about the immigration conversation taking place? I mean, just you, you see all of the, uh, pictures, uh, and even the most staunch sort of like open borders person, right. Uh, can't, can't see these visualizations and not go, oh boy, um, what are we going to do? Like, what what do we do? Um, and it, this is clearly not sustainable of a uh, sort of an idea. And, and the old tautology of libertarians who are like, well, people just want to come here and day labor and we need the the influx of, of laborers into the marketplaces. But we, we, we have a housing shortage, a massive housing shortage right now. And so there's nowhere for these people to go. Um, there, there, you know, you see pictures of, of dozens of people sleeping in an airport because it's the only place the city can find where there's actual space for them. And then you just see more and more and more coming and you wonder like, okay, look, I know there's probably some propaganda behind this to sort of, uh, enrage me a little bit, but also there are real world issues, um, for people that we're, I mean, we're going to have to the, solve. The, the cultural issues alone, right? And, and this yeah. is not to say that, uh, you know, oh my God, they're a bad culture, but it's a different culture. And, <clears> and <throat> it it's not wrong to acknowledge that there are differences in culture. And when cultures come mm-hmm. together, I mean, <laughs> heck, I think there was a, a class I took back in college called When Worlds Collide. And it was <laughs> talking about the importance for gentle uh, c- worlds colliding and, and to allow that buffer of assimilation. What we're seeing is an yeah. influx of hundreds of thousands Thousands of illegal migrants at the southern border in in the numbers of equal to the state population of Wyoming. And that yeah. alone should be very scary. And, and those numbers alone should wake, I think, people on both sides of the political aisle up. And when you see folks like Mayor Eric Adams in New York start to raise the red flag because you had more conservative-leaning governors like Governor Abbott in <clears throat> Texas, Governor DeSantis mm-hmm. in Florida – Sending, uh, these, these migrants by, by bus up to New York. And all of a sudden now that the, the real, the real life scenario that was happening on these, uh, on the border of Texas is now t- happening in New York City, a, a right. city that was running itself as a quote unquote sanctuary city. And this is now right. happening in cities like Philadelphia, cities like Chicago. And with it happening, it has led to so many folks on the political left now having to wake up to the realities of their policy, and it goes kind of back to that H.L. Mencken quote, democracy is, uh, you know, the, the, you know, for the common man, they get what they think they need, good and hard, or something along those <laughs> yeah, lines. Yeah, good but and like, hard, yeah. Yeah, but th- that, that is where you see right now these progressive cities, they are getting a good and hard, and when you yeah. have people like Mary Adams say, okay, maybe we should do something different, what happens? He, all of a sudden he gets looked at for, was it campaign <laughs> tax uh, fraud or, or money oh, fraud yeah, from like 20 yeah. years ago? And it's like, oh, okay, we see what's happening. <laughs> happening now and 
it, again, going back to the cultural <laughs> conversation, it is right. so important for us to acknowledge that there is a difference of culture. And when these cultures collide with, with our culture, and it is so different, there will be friction. There will be clashes. And we have to acknowledge that that will be an inevitable outcome of that. So if, right. if we're okay with that being a consequence, so I, I guess that's what's going to happen. But more and more people, not just here, Jeremy, right, but Ireland. Did you see what's happening in Ireland right now with with the the, no. the outrage that there's the protests in the, the the tens of thousands? Conor McGregor is being uh, looked at right now for for uh, hate speech online because he's saying that Ireland is being taken over. There was a uh, I think it was a stabbing oh, or wow. a shooting of some I think it was a, some a ch- child or two two kids. I forget the specific numbers, but there was there was I think six six or plus people who were either injured or killed, and it was from this guy who was I think an illegal. Uh, uh, illegal immigrant or a, a longtime immigrant of, of Ireland, mm-hmm. but not native. And it just, it's, it's turned into this whole uprising in Ireland where people are just saying N- enough. Then you're seeing this yeah. in countries like Sweden. You're seeing this in countries like, I think it was the Netherlands. They just erected, uh, elected, erected, elected a, a, a more <laughs> right leaning, uh, president, a president, prime minister who is focused entirely on immigration being their main issue. And again, it goes yeah. back to culture. People are feeling that their, their way of life is now being threatened because they, they, they aren't in the, the confines of their own country feeling safe. And that's a right. big thing people just have to address. And libertarians can't say, oh, well, you know, uh, 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 you know, an organization like Cato said that it's, it's, it's going to be a okay. It's like, it's the net it's, positive. It's yeah. not though. People like we're seeing it right now. There's an objective, uh, you know, feedback that we're getting that we can acknowledge this is not working. And there's a reason for it. Let's talk about it. Uh, also, one of the one of the things that irks me in in, in along this conversation is that uh, you you mentioned cultural clashes a lot, and that that will make a lot of uh, the Cato type libertarians cringe a little sure bit. Will. Like, oh, do you do you have a right to culture? No, we have individual rights and we have property rights. And it's like, yeah, but imagine if we took a uh, hundred thousand Florida men. And they're all carrying AR-15s, and we flooded them into Japan. Japanese people would have a problem mm-hmm. with that. It is okay. There are society develops cultures, and while America is the great melting pot, um, it, the the reality is is yes, we th- there is a way we should be. Yes, and then there is also a way that humans are. Yep. Period, and they're going to be. And if these things are continued to allow to happen, you're going to see blowback. Um, you're going to see a lot of pushback. It's not going to be peaceful. People are going, people get very emotional about these things. Um, and the threat of losing their culture, losing their homes, jobs, whatever. Um, it, the, the infrastructure doesn't exist to take care of a million, two million, three million new immigrants on top of the legal ones every year. So there, <laughs> we can talk in this sort of idea of, uh, well, what it should be or, or, you know, what we believe and it doesn't face reality of what people are. Right. Yep. Well, and, and that kind of goes to where I think libertarians have had some major issues. And Jeremy, it's no secret you and I have discussed this many a time on the show when it comes to how do we can effectively market libertarian ideas and solutions to the average person. And it's not by focusing on the issues that we care about. It's by focusing right. on the issues that our prospects, in this case, potential voters actually mm-hmm. care about, right? And it's mm-hmm. not 
what we think they should care about or leading with what we want them to care about, but what they actually care about. And at the end of the day, people are not going to vote because they, you know, they're, they're just, you know, casting their vote to cast a vote. They're, they're more likely than not casting with some type of emotion behind it. And I wanted to segue mm-hmm. to where libertarians, we just, we miss the mark, Jeremy. And, and this is something I think we, we just got to get better at. And I know you yep. do some talks here for some folks before, uh, some different events leading into where libertarians need to stop focusing their time and energy and change things. And I know one of the things you start out with is talking about stop debating. So let's talk yeah. about that. Like, how how can libertarians stop debating but still feel that they're getting their point across um yeah. and and still you know trying to lead with their solution i guess without trying to contrast it to somebody else's solution and make them feel bad what what are your thoughts there well you're always going to be in a situation where you have to contrast your opinion to what somebody else's you know wrong opinion is but debate is is different debate is yes. where there's a back and forth a trying to win a trying to prove yes. somebody wrong trying to and, win yeah and trying to win and and that is not that is for a stage with an audience okay debate works effectively if there is an audience who's observing and then trying to make their decision. But if you began debating with somebody in that audience, well, they are all that's going to do is entrench them further in their position. And so if you get into dinner table debates, you've already lost. The goal isn't to debate them and out like reason them with with (laughs) facts because they're going to be so emotionally tied to their uh, they're trying to win too. Yep. And so you've got to avoid situations where you're trying to win and do a lot more asking of questions um and and sort of probing and leading to get them to where you want to be. So for example, um it, it, you know, you could you, you could start off a conversation with something like Are you ready to take your love of liberty to the next level? Join pro-liberty students and activists from around the world at LibertyCon 2024 in Washington, D.C., February 2nd through February 4th. With powerful speakers, innovative ideas, and, of course, a vibrant pro-liberty community, LibertyCon will educate, empower, and energize you. Use code TBNS to get 25% off your tickets today. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash LibertyCon and secure your spot to the biggest pro liberty conference of the year oh um they just had to lay off another guy at work um is any of that happening where you guys work at and and let somebody start to go and just go yeah if it's happening everywhere it's obviously something bigger going on i mean are what are you guys feeling and just sort of letting them uh open and go because on that in, in that way you're on the same side whereas if i had come out and said you know because of the covid relief package uh inflation is so high and companies are having to lay off people not only not only are you going to put them to sleep but what if they hold the opinion of companies are just greedy and they need to lower their prices again now you've made an enemy because they don't know jack shit about economics right so now you're in a debate and you're trying to teach someone micro and macro economics at the dinner table and they're arguing with you. It, it's not, it's not a so, fun So place. really, really quick, so, the, the contrast you there is, debate. The, the contrast there, what you just said was, we were teaching, right? Yes. They were fighting. That's, and that's where we fail. We, we think that if we that's can just, if we can just educate them, if we can just, if we yes. can just throw more books at them 
and and yeah. we can get them to to understand us that then they'll then they'll they'll say yes right and and that right. goes to i think point two you can't yeah. facts and 100%. figures logic and reason people you need to use emotion you have to focus yes. on emotion because people make buying decisions jeremy on emotion. So let's talk yep. about that. Talk about emotion. Well, yeah. So in the example we just gave where we were talking about folks being laid off at work and what's going on and how their budgets are doing, how's your 401k doing, all of those have a feeling behind it. Right. All right. Property rights do not have a feeling behind it. Um, you know, monetary policy does not have a feeling behind it, but we know that the pain that they're experiencing from seeing real world things like their 401k decrease, the amount of groceries they can buy every week go down, uh, how much more expensive it is that they may not get to travel this year, uh, what the cost of childcare is for them and what percentage it is. Um, all of those things are tremendously painful and stressful and anxiety creating within them. And you have to sort of forge a natural anxiety amongst people about the things that they're feeling in order to motivate them to potentially look at things in a different way. Um, whereas if you just start, you know, giving them facts and trying to do logic and reason and even, even good metaphors too early on in the process will just turn people on and, and switch them back to debate because then you'll try to make a metaphor um, and you know let's say you try to make a metaphor about Dunning Kruger and how the when the money is printed the first people who get it benefit and the people who suffer are the last people and you give some sort of metaphor about like I don't know the the water cycle or donuts or who knows um, <laughs> they are going to find what they're naturally going to do in that conversation is look for points of contention yes. and disagreement because there's no Why? emotional there involvement for them to agree with you yet. And so that has to be fostered first in order to start then explaining, well, yeah, I was listening to this show the other day and what they were saying is, you, you know, or I was reading this book by, Rothbard and what he says causes this is XYZ. And that makes sense because a couple of years ago, do you remember, you know, XYZ uh, happened or, you know, Congress signed this bill and then they can start to connect the dots on their own and feel like you're on the same side as opposed to somebody on the other side that they have to work to refute. Yeah. And I, and I would just preface this, right? Cause we, we were, we were going through the context of this conversation, this thought experiment of, this is someone who is in our ideal market, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're not going to, you know, Calvin the communist at the dinner table and being <laughs> like, Hey buddy, uh, we're going to have you become a libertarian and vote libertarian overnight by me sitting down with you and having a conversation. I'm going to convince you on one issue. I'm going to sell you on one issue. I'm going to meet you where you're at on this issue and emotionally, you know, sell you on this. And now you're going to be a libertarian, right? That's not going to happen. Why? Because Calvin the communist is a communist and he doesn't believe in libertarianism. Yeah. He believes in communism. Now we might be able to plant a seed in a conversation with Calvin the Communist and get him to maybe change his mind down the road. But guess what? I'm not looking at Calvin the Communist as a possible voter for libertarians. Right. I'm not looking at him as someone who I'm going to to activate as a, you know, not just a voter, but now a libertarian moving forward to help promote mm -hmm. the ideas of liberty and create little libertarians across the globe. That's that's not what Calvin the Communist is going to do. So what yeah. I want to do is look to, uh, you know, Susie the Centrist and say, hey, Susie, yeah. you know, you, you've been hanging out here in the middle. And I know that we align on X, Y, Z issues. Now, you're not saying this to her. This is your mental checklist, right? You're going mm -hmm. through, okay, I know we, we, we agree on these issues. Issues. Now, there might be some points of a contention, but I think if I can 
build up the, to your point, as you raise Jeremy, the anxiety, I call it, you know, twisting the knife. You, you make that pain as painful as possible. And you, you kind of paint that picture and then you, you agitate that pain, but then offer a solution. If, if that pain Mm -hmm. is a pain that it triggers enough emotion with them, I feel sometimes that that can outweigh some of the areas of contention, right? And it can get them to be on board with a solution, give it a chance. And once they give that solution a chance, then it might open their ideas or their their mind to other ideas if they see that the one solution we presented actually works, right? So you you have to know even – you, oh, go ahead. Just, yeah, just one last point. You have to know, though, who you're going after, who you're targeting. Don't go after your competition. Your competition right. is not your your ideal buyer. Your competition is, <laughs> in many cases, actively selling against you. Why? Because yeah. that's their job. They're your competition. Yeah. It's their their role as to be your foil and to try and to steal your business. So don't go and try to sell to your competition. Don't try to convince your competition that your product is better than theirs. Go to the actual customer, in this case, the ideal voter, who in my silly analogy was Susie the Centrist here. So with that, sorry, yeah. now turn it back to you. Oh, no, just just two points to follow up on that are that, um, number one, you had mentioned um, Calvin the Communist, right? Uh, the most important thing you can do if Calvin the Communist is on your target list is just be sure he likes you, right? Mm. Like, it, it, and by and large, what I mean by that is you can find some areas of common ground. They may be few and far between, but I had this former coworker, uh clearly were the woke of of woke right um but she liked me and i liked her she, we, we we were good people outside of our very specific political opinions right but we bonded over being kind of anti-war in this situation now not all woke people are anti-war but she was and so we we would have conversations about that and i'd go well i actually i'm a libertarian and it that sort of will uh, shock them to go, oh, my God, I thought you were all fascist, right? Like, and, and just ensure that they like you. And guess what? Every time I post some stuff, right, on, like, my Instagram or whatever, she's in the viewers. Right. She's consuming my propaganda. Yep. And that's about as good as uh, as it can get. The second point you mentioned is if I can twist that knife and then offer a solution, I would add an extra step in there in that – we first need to – they will feel the pain and anxiety, but they st- that they're still like home. It, it, it's like if you feel sick, your first answer isn't let me go take pills. Your first answer is I need to go to the doctor. And I need to get a diagnosis, yes. right? And so make sure we don't skip the diagnosis step in there, and they are going to have to discover sort of the diagnosis on their own. Now, you can point them towards it, right? And you can, you know, but make sure you talk about, like, what is actually causing this problem? Um, And that's where you can insert sort of like where, well, you know, I was reading this article the other day, and they mentioned this, and that makes sense because that – and so what we're doing there is we're not talking about how to fix it yet. We're talking about what caused this problem to begin with. And then most of the time, the diagnosis is cancer, which is the government. And the answer is remove the cancer and replace it with nothing. Somebody please clip that because that was a that was a line <laughs> right there. Uh, so when we talk about the solution, right, uh, one of yep. the just like knee jerk reactions is the ah, Libertarian Party. <laughs> Vote for yeah. the Libertarian candidate. Yeah. But we, we have to 
be real, right, with a voter, mm-hmm. Jeremy. Um, unless you're in a, a specific race, and I'm actually I'm working behind the scenes with a few candidates who they have some head to heads with either with either a Republican or a Democrat, right? And mm-hmm. guess what? We're gonna message differently based on yeah. not just who they're running against, but also who that voting the voting base is. And and that's Absolutely. not uh, you know that's not not being true to principles. That's just being realistic and, and frankly mm-hmm. pragmatic with trying to win your election. But these, yeah. I, I guarantee, I, I guarantee you, behind the scenes, I've done my vetting. I made sure these are actual, real libertarians. I know. Um, nice. So, with that being said, though, right for the the other races, where I'm sorry, libertarians, you are you are the other, right? You are the the third choice, folks. Maybe don't yep. even care that you are a, a big L libertarian. They don't even know what the hell that is. Uh, they're like, okay, I don't like these two teams. I'll vote for you, and that might turn into what two point five percent of the electorate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to be real with voters when you when you're voting for a libertarian. Until we do start to make some changes, specifically in local elections, until that starts to happen and we start to build some credibility, we start to build some trust with the voters, you're you're not you're not going to get a, a libertarian into office, right? So how yeah. do how do we have real conversations with voters to to get them to still vote for us, but mm-hmm. kind of acknowledging this very large libertarian porcupine in the room? Yeah, uh, I I think the first thing we've got to stop doing is stop lying to them. Well, if enough, if everybody who believed what we believe voted for us, like, well, we could win. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> right? Uh, and that's if everybody put not, their guns down and uh, yeah. decided not to fight anymore, there'd be no more war. Listen, and <laughs> if we if we had a hundred and twenty percent inflation like Argentina did, right? Um, maybe we could pull this off, right? But the reality is, uh, we don't. Um, we are. Uh, all feeling a lot of pain from eight, nine percent, uh, you know, from just a few months back. So just understand like Argentina to be able to pull off what they pulled off had to basically be on the brink of collapse, uh, as they're, a culture. They're not at hyperinflation country. yet, but no. they are so freaking it's on very, very close. Yeah. Like their, right? their, their market percentages change on a day to day basis. So you, you literally yeah. don't know what your, your money is worth the next Correct. day you wake up. Yep. And so, you know, if we're in that situation, maybe you can say, yeah, if everybody votes for us, we can really turn this thing around monetary policy wise. Right. But in the three party races where we do not really stand uh, a huge chance. When my friends over at Blood of Tyrants said, hey, Brian, we know you don't drink alcohol, but we have a great product built for you. I knew something must be up. And that's when I found out about Liquid Freedom. Crafted with natural ingredients and the power of yerba mate, this revolutionary energy tea is 100% sugar-free and crash-free. So you can go ahead and use code TBNS at checkout for 10% off your orders, and you can sip with a purpose while also embracing the Freedom Revolution minus the alcohol. One more time, get your or liquid freedom tea by heading to briannicholshow.com forward slash tea. And now back to the show. Um, especially in races that aren't going to be close or contested. Um, I, I gave the example of like 2024 presidential election right. in, uh, in Alabama, Kentucky, Indiana. These are not going to be contested states. No. It's going to be a landslide, yeah. right? So, especially if you live in a very red or a very blue state and you've had these sort of conversations with friends and family and they're starting to lean, that's when you ask for the sale and you ask for the sale, not in like, Hey, help us win. They're just going to laugh at you for being goofy. What you do is you say, look, it's, it's not any more of a wasted vote 
to vote libertarian than it is to vote for one of the other two parties because this state's already made up its mind and it's going to be what it's going to be. However, if we hit, and your state may be different, X number, Y number, Z number, um, or we as a party nationwide hit 5%, well, now we've accomplished this. If we poll at 15%, now we get to be in debates, et cetera, et cetera. If you can sort of paint a pathway of where like, hey, almost pity, not not necessarily pity vote because they do agree with us and they may actually want to vote for us, but they want their vote to matter. You have to show them how it matters. Right. And losing, but getting a certain number of votes does help us take a step forward. And why is that important? Well, they may not actually detest um, Trump or Joe Biden, right? But find somebody on either side that they kind of do detest and go, listen, we have three states this year that we have to go collect thousands of signatures to be on the ballot so people can even vote for us, right? It's not like we go sign up and we go, oh, hey, here we go. We actually have to get votes in all of these states to stay on the ballot. So explain sort of ballot access and why that matters. And then go, look, if we had our ballot access easy on all 50 states, now we have more money that we can spend on these campaigns rather than campaigning just to get on the damn ballot. (laughs) And then if we get to this number... The uh, FEC will match our donations. Who knows if we'll keep it or not? A lot of uh, uh, people who feel strongly both ways in the Libertarian Party about taking taxpayer money to run our campaigns or not. But, you know, at least having the option and having the ballot access would be great. But paint a picture. And back to the finding the politicians that they detest. Say, go, hey, look, there's a real possibility that if you don't vote Libertarian and we lose our ballot access essentially in all of these states you may be forced to cast a vote for kamala harris or you know nikki haley and how would that make you feel not neocon nikki and, no no and, and they and they may go well i might it's like but would you feel good about it like even a little bit um and doesn't that make you kind of wouldn't it be very important to go, nope, you know what? I just, I can't. And I've got this other option here that I can check. Um, And it also will keep us from allowing Republicans and Democrats to put those absolutely the worst of the worst among them on the ballot because they know, like, if you do, we will steal your votes from people who hate them um, and go, isn't that important? And like, look, you're not going to swing this election with your vote in this very, very red or very, very blue state. So cast it for us so we can continue to give people a better option in the future in case it does go off the rails. Jeremy Todd, it's always a great conversation with you, my man. Um, do us a favor. We're wrapping things up here. Where can folks go ahead, find you? They want to continue the conversation with you over <laughs> on social media. And what do you have for uh, final thoughts today? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at jtodd601. I think I've got the lock on right now. So if you do want to follow me, just follow and I'll accept. I'm applying for jobs. So <laughs> I can't have the Israel lobby like keeping me from getting jobs. So my Twitter, my X account is on lock right now. Um, and uh, that's where you can follow me. Also, our uh, page, Sell Liberty on Facebook. Uh, we have a good time. Uh, They're a community for uh, sales and sales adjacent people uh, in the liberty movement. And uh, yeah, that that's really it. 
Um, other than that, get involved locally. Uh, find your local Libertarian Party. Find the meetup. If they don't have one, start one uh, and uh, run for city council. Um, I When I became chair, this is a fun little uh, thing here that I learned. I became chair in my county. And I pulled the election results for city council. We have like nine cities in my county. Um, all but one person who filed to run for city council was elected. All but one. Wow. So it is most likely that in your city, if you uh, show up uh, and you get on the ballot period, which is not hard to do at city council level, you will likely be elected. Um, and be city councilman and can stop the nonsense. And I, I heard something the other day. I think um, it was repeated, but I believe Jeff Dice said it originally was, uh, you know, we we certainly aren't made up of a bunch of people who want to take two hours out of our life once a week or once a month to go to a city council meeting. But you know who does? Neoliberal globalists, oatmeal in suit human beings who have no problem you know, approving and funding every project at your dime. And so they are going to show up and they are going to get elected to city council because again, if they can get on there and then they gain that experience and then they go to the state house. And then like he said, oatmeal in suits becomes our Congress for this country. And so if you showing up will just be the stalwart against that, that's that in and of itself is a win. Jeremy Todd, I appreciate you, my man. And folks, uh, if you enjoyed today's conversation, please do me a favor. You know the drill. Go ahead. Give it a share. When you do, please tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty. You can see that right here on screen over on X.com as well as over on Facebook. And by the way, over on X.com. Thank you, Elon. We are uploading our entire episodes, uh, here in the video format for you to, to, to enjoy. Nice. So please go ahead and support us over on X.com. But of course, you can go ahead and support us over on your traditional video platforms like YouTube but also on Rumble and when you're there hit that subscribe button little notification bell and of course hit the like button that helps us reach more people in the algos and of course Jeremy and I want to hear what your thoughts are from today's episode so head down below into the comments let us know your thoughts uh, what conversation topics should you be focusing on or do you think we should be focusing on where do you think we got things wrong we would love to hear about it and of course if you have ideas for other topics of conversation you want to hear us discuss we'll go ahead and let us know down below as well and by the way, if uh, you want to also support us over on Ben Swan's Sovereign, S-O-V-R-E-N, go ahead and support us there because if you are watching us over on Sovereign, you are seeing today's episode before anybody else. That's your Sovereign exclusive, plus Ben Swan is awesome, helping support independent media over there as well. So uh, one more time, Ben Swan's Sovereign, S-O-V-R-E-N. And then for the audio version of the show, well, all the places you can get your podcasts. Of course, you can find The Brian Nichols Show. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube music and uh, more. I know I, I love to use Podcast Addict. I know there are folks who use like uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those other apps. So wherever it is that you'd like to consume your podcast content, just hit the Brian Nichols Show subscribe button. And of course, hit download all unplayed episodes. And why would that be? Because we have over 790 episodes and I think 800 in total, including our bonus episodes. So I guarantee you dig through those episodes. You're going to find at least a handful that will leave you what? Educated, enlightened, and informed. With that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for the one and only Jeremy Todd. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.